and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. This podcast takes inspiration from the news, discusses it, debates it, and gives you top tips on how to survive everything. Hello, and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. How are you doing, survivalists? How is your week? How's your day? How's your morning been going? I hope well. Let's first check in with the ladies. I started with Kaylee last time. Last week, I started with Kaylee. So this week, let's go with Daisy. Daisy, how are you? How have you been since the last time we spoke? Yeah, I'm good. I'm having an okay week. I'm just trying to get through lockdown like everyone else, you know, keeping busy, doing stuff at home, nothing very exciting. That's the thing. There's nothing in the new world to report back on. I am still alive. (laughs) Thank you, Daisy, for that uplifting update. Kaylee, how are you? How are you surviving? I'm I'm good. I'm surviving. Still just just reading basically. I'm reading quite a good book called Convenience Store Woman and it's really obscure and I'm really enjoying it. It's called Convenience Store Woman. What's it about? Is it yeah. a fiction or non-fiction? It's fiction. Mhm. And I've only read four pages so far, okay. but I can report back <laughs> next time. But I, I really I, I loved want, the four pages. I want a full. I loved them so much. I want a full book report when we get next time. Yeah, I've it'll been, be done. I'll read it. I've been reading quite a lot lately. When we were on hiatus, I wrote, I read, I read, I think four or five books because I read. I actually went somewhere on holiday. So I started this sci-fi series that I loved so much and read the whole series. There's three books by this female writer. She's amazing. Um, N.K. I forgot her last name, but it's called the Broken Earth series. Plug, plug, plug. It's fiction. And then I, <laughs> yeah. And then I also finished Dune. My husband loves Dune. 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 It's like an old 70s sci-fi movie or show. Book is the word I'm trying to say. And it's tried to be made several times. And Dune, the movie was supposed to be coming out later this year. And like everything else, it's been canceled and pushed back to next year. But my husband loves the entire series. So I was like, well, let me try it. And it took me forever to get through it. I had to like stop and start it. Did you like it? I liked a lot of, I saw what he was like. You did. I didn't really. It took me a lot to get through it. I can't believe you. Why did you watch it then? Or read it. It's my husband really liked it. Oh, read it. it. Yeah, no, I've been confusing I keep calling it movie film but it was a book my husband loves it and there are a lot of things about it I like like there's these Benny Jesuit Benny Jesuits that are women that are just like badass women they're in like touch with their bodies and they do like really cool things so there's a lot of things I like about it but it just like there are parts of it just drugged on forever and ever in his writing is so detailed that I would get lost. I'm like, wait, what is happening? So I'd have to go back to the beginning mm-hmm. of the book or the, okay. the page and be like, okay, wait, what is happening? So the things I liked about it, but I did. I'll be honest with you. I think that your husband should have ripped out all of those bits <laughs> and been a bit kinder to you. You need to tell him that, okay? Yeah, I'm glad I you will. recognize that. Okay, ladies. So this week we are talking about something, unfortunately, a lot of people are dealing with and... I've dealt with it, dealing with it, unemployment, Mm. how to survive unemployment. I know in my home country and in the UK, there's sadly, this is not, I don't know, this is not the most uplifting topic we've ever, we've ever chosen, but we're going to get, we're going to have, that's why we needed to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need to survive it. We need to survive it. People need to survive it. And so today we are going to help you survive 
unemployment. If this is your first time or you're returning to us after last season, just to remind you each week, Kaylee and Daisy bring three top tips and we have three rounds where each of them will present one of their top tips and then we'll discuss it. And then I give points for the top tip I like the most or just other things that we talk about. And I just give points for whatever I want basically. And at the end, I judge who is the survivalist for that week. Last week, Kaylee survived and was a survivalist of nostalgia. So <laughs> why, why do you laugh? Just because Daisy looks like she's going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> she, that was Daisy's like nice laugh, but like her passive aggressive nice laugh. Anyway. I do have a passive aggressive laugh. <laughs> that is true. I think Daisy's suffering from nostalgia of the times when she's won episodes. She's really trying hard not to say anything. <laughs> it's on. Daisy, this week is on. What Me and Ray in the wrestling can I, ring. Ding, can ding, I ding. just say for this week's tip, I'm singing in one of my tips and that is how much I'm bringing my A game. I'm going to beat you at your own game. Whoa. You're actually singing. You're giving it away. Oh, mate, I, it's not a giveaway. It's a, it's a teaser. It's like a trailer. You just wait. I cannot wait. Can we go to that bit now, please? Can we <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so yeah, with that, I give the winner of the previous week's episode i actually i'm a little thrown off because last week you guys were all like well daisy was like i'm gonna be nicer this season i'm gonna be nicer and it was and then she was being meta but and i was really thrown off but i like how we're getting back to the proper dynamics this is this is what i like this is what i like okay so kaylee you won last week do you want to go first or do you want to go second i'll go i'll go first yeah <gasps> really I'll go first. okay yeah. usually you like going second but let's go i've got my glasses on oh and, you know, just just ready for it okay so with that, Kaylee, what is your first top tip for surviving unemployment? My first top tip for surviving unemployment is for employers. Hopefully Ooh. there's a lot of employers out there listening to this podcast. Hopefully. It's for people who are putting the job adverts together and people who are reading the applications and deciding who's going through to the next round. And for people who are writing the person's specification for the job applications. My top tip is be inclusive of everyone, uh, specifically like consider neurodiversity and applicants who are dyslexic and have cognitive learning difficulties. As somebody who has dyslexia, I know everyone finds looking for work and applying for jobs so difficult because it isn't a fun activity. No. How is it ever fun? Like if there is somebody out there who finds it fun, please, can you please tell us your top tip? Because yeah. I don't know what the fun is. Like it's just not. And but more so because of having dyslexia, like it's it's just so overwhelming. Like because you're like, fuck, they're going to be looking at my written words on paper. They don't meet me as a person. How do I come across as myself when I'm considered by what they will see as lazy, not knowing what grammar is yeah. or whatever. And I know what grammar is, I know, but it's just, there's just something that I never really get a job if there's not like this, because some some applications consider neurodiverse applicants and they will have a box you can tick mm -hmm. and it will be a right to interview because you're at a limitation to other people when you're applying. And yeah. I'll always get an interview and then I'll get that job. So G Greenwich and Sherlock and um, another acting job I did they all had that box and then because I ticked the box then I actually ended up getting the job but had I not 
had the option of that box, I probably wouldn't have. But that was because you. That was to say it was because you got an interview and you were qualified. It wasn't just because you took the box, right? I think I think it was just because I took the box because my applications are really I don't know they're not very good. Mm-hmm. When my friend like sometimes my friends are so kind. Um, when they spell check my things for me, I can see they're like. Oh, like what you know and I'm yeah. like I don't know why I can write a f- oh, I guess I can't really write a poem I'm not really published <laughs> but I, I feel like I can write a poem but I can't write a fucking job application and I know it's daunting for everyone but yeah. I just think there's an extra level for oh, people totally. with cognitive learning difficulties and it would be nice if employers every employer across yeah. the whole thing considered that at that stage and not discriminate against it because I guess it's getting a lot better now, but yeah. in the past, it's definitely been something like, oh, well, they can't, they weren't using capital letters there, 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 there. So they're not going to get the job. They're messy, they're lazy, but it's actually not the case. It's because they see words and writing differently. So I applied for a storytelling job during lockdown mm-hmm. and person specification was two pages long. Dang. I think that's too long yeah. because the cover letter is only allowed to be one, le- yeah. one page. If you're going to address everything on that spec, then your cover letter is going to be really long. So therefore you can't. And I just think if you're expecting your applicants to be brief, you also need to be brief. It's not fair. And it's not like a good example of the company you're going to be working for. I'm pretty bitter, actually, (laughs) about this normal way of thinking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the like you know there's this expected way that we read and write yeah. and I think I suffered a lot from it when I was at uni um studying creative writing where you know my tutor would be like you know your your sentence structure is really stressful for me to read and it's like well that's just the way I write like yeah. do I have to write the way you want to read like I just think there's that discrepancy of we all have our own heads but there's a sort of normal way of writing and I just don't I just don't like that it's like what's the word like it's just sort of oppressive Um, yeah especially if you have got like a different way of thinking and I think that they often like this concept of being disabled is interesting I've been looking more at looking at like different ways unpacking the baggage of that word because perhaps it's being abled or enabled in other ways Mm -hmm. like visually for example like dyslexic people see the word visual see the world visually please could you accept a mind map or a collage for your job applications <laughs> employers why not why not go out there soho theater are pretty good they accept video yeah. applications but for me like so for example like applicate you know with this you do a cv and a cover letter yeah and you can generally just probably jig around that and send that out but then if you have to do online applications too it's the contrast between white and black. So the mm. the white page and the black letters, you know, I'll see that the alleyways will come out, the letters will jump and it's like, ugh, and it's on a computer screen, which doesn't help either. So yeah, so basically I'm just, this is just a massive moan. I'm just a bit of a splatter, like splat. And I guess when you're doing job applications, you have to be more professional and not splatter. I'm basically a professional splatter, which is why I paint. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think job applications are the worst and so overwhelming. I suppose it needs to be because this is the professional world and sometimes it's not a person but a computer who's reading your job application and scanning for the buzzwords. Or we're in a world where it's a meritocracy or a, a friendocracy or hypocrisy mm. or a ne- the nepotism of giving family members or friends jobs or internally you know when they do like internal applications and then you apply for it and you're really excited and then you're not even got a chance because they're yeah. all going to give it to someone else. Yeah. It's just a bit shit. So my top tip 
is basically if you're an employer consider your application and how that might be for all minds yeah and my bonus top tip is for dyslexic people look at the British Dyslexic Association because they have lots of top tips on how to survive job applications Hmm. nice what do you mean you're a splatter so with grammar I'm not very I like I know what it is but Uh I just can't use it so often my words will just like not look like it will look like a splat like word splat word vomit (laughs) word splat okay that's cool (laughs) word vomit's already a term word splat is something I'm making up there you go (laughs) I think also my thing is like what is normal no but I don't know I don't know know, I mean definitely our word operates on what is normal what, what do you mean by what is normal like in the my whole thing is like when it comes to most, not all, but most job applications, there's this send your CV, send your cover letter. And that's like the normal way to do that. But mm. especially when you're talking about like more creative industries, I think they should open it up to different ways, like video essays, as you said, Kaylee. And also, you know, I, I'm obviously not like a neuroscientist or whatever, but I do know a lot of people that are dyslexic or have like dyspraxia. And or are disabled in other ways. And because of that, that's also kind of their superpower because they see the world in different ways. And sometimes, and that's kind of what you need in a lot of jobs, like especially in creative jobs, or think about if more diplomats, for example, could see the world in a different way, or scientists mm-hmm. can, I mean, like essentially scientists, those are the people that you need to have to see the world in a different way. Well, I don't know. You cut, but you can't show your superpower right. in a job application exactly. because they don't accept that See, you right. know they want I um, they expect a different thing I used to work as uh, an employment advisor for people so I worked for a charity and I worked for yeah. people with disabilities or with mental health issues so the what Kayla was talking about when you said the like right to interview so if a employer at the moment, they have to opt into it to be like a disability confident employer, which I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. I actually think it should be every employer. But you are allowed to ask for reasonable adjustments, even in the application process. So say if you're dyslexic, so you know how some people, that's not actually dyslexic, so if you have a visual impairment, but you know how some people prefer to read, say, yellow on black as opposed to white on black. If they give mm-hmm. you an inaccessible form, you are allowed to say, I have dyslexia. Can you that's a great that's great addition to the me, tip for people yeah. yeah can you give me a better form because that is a requirement that they make it accessible for you and also I would if I because the thing is reasonable adjustments now mean that you know you're not getting the best candidate by excluding someone who has mm-hmm. a disability and dyslexia under the Equality Act of 2010 does count as a disability in that sense it's protected by law so you can have so many amazing qualities and if someone is going to just some hr gonk just going to rattle through a an application form and go oh well they've misspelled the word there you're meant to get so the right to interview it's not a right to interview automatically it's if you meet the uh minimum criteria for the job so you would have had to you would have had to have had on your cv the minimum An education cry. thank you what do you know what I mean though because you could oh, I didn't know that it's not like they just gave you an interview because you've asked for the right to interview you had to also meet those minimum uh. criteria all it does is stop them from 
not giving you an interview when you deserve an interview, if you see what I mean. Because it means that if yeah. you met all that criteria, they can't go, oh, but she's dyslexic, so no. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, what it's for, okay. it's to protect you. But I would, if I had a disability having worked with people with disabilities, I would just be very honest in the in the process and actually be quite assertive in asking for adjustments and say, you know, this form is not very accessible for someone, you know, because a lot of, I mean, I have to fill in forms all the time for jobs and they're not very accessible and they're not very easy to use, especially if someone has dyslexia. So I would just say, you know, I would prefer, I would literally just write to hiring manager and say, I understand that you want, you know, there is certain information you need to capture in an application form. But for me, as someone with dyslexia, I find those forms difficult, but I know, and you'll see from my CV that I'm very good in a job, especially a tour guide or whatever job it is, I've got a impressive track record of doing that yeah. thing. So can I please send you a cover letter and my CV? And if you need to capture further information such as, sorry, it's me just <laughs> trying to make a point and I also hiccuped at the same time. If you need to like capture further information, like you need to get, um, I don't know. I mean, this isn't funny at all, by the way. I would, you know, I'm aware of this, but like, if you need to say, like, do a diversity form as an add on, that's fine. Because literally, the only reason they're doing application forms is because people, individuals format their CV slightly differently. And it is literally just for the ease of the person reading because most jobs now, because of the Equality Act, will mark you against a like recruitment matrix. So they will look at, okay, well, these are the things we definitely need. Who's got those? Tick, 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 tick. Okay, then these are the desirables. Who's got the most of those? Tick, tick, tick. So all they're trying to do is make it easier for them to tick those boxes So it's not like a human process where they're reading everything in detail and going, hmm, well, she sounds interesting. They're literally just going, does she tick enough boxes? So I I would literally just say to employers, this isn't accessible. Can I please request to do this in a different format because I'm dyslexic? Because they would, I think, be in quite a tricky position if they were like, no, fuck you. (laughs) And if they did, you don't want to work there anyway. But also you've just hijacked my tip. Like, did you see that, Molly? She's hijacked I, my time. Yeah, I now. did. I you literally sorry. just hijacked. I added it. to it. I agree with you. I'm you. Your tip was longer than my. Tip. <laughs> okay, that's my tip too. Then I'll forget my first tip. <laughs> I'm just agreeing with Kaylee. That's my tip one. <laughs> no, but I, I'm only joking. But it, yeah, I love you. Have a lot of knowledge on this, and it's always very helpful. But so it, that'll be good for people to hear. It was literally what I did for a living, though. That was my job. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, what's your real first top tip for surviving unemployment? (laughs) I just can't believe I tried to be so nice to Kaylee there. I avoided the temptation to say, but why do you need a CV when you're a prostitute? I had so many bad jokes lined up that I just resisted to give you some pretty sweet employment law. And that's what I get. Okay, so tip number one is don't look sideways. So I think when, especially at times like this, when mass unemployment is becoming a thing, the furlough scheme is ending, it's really tempting when you look at the news to look sideways. So like I saw in an article that 670,000 workers have uploaded or updated their online CV on Indeed. That was from I. And it's 
it makes you feel like, oh my God, 670,000 people. That means they're all looking for work and they're all going to be going for the job I want to get. But actually, most of them wouldn't be applying for the job that you're going for. And for those that you do, I always just think of it like, think of the people that you know in your real life. Well, like think of them, who of those people you'd want to work with. Well, like at least a quarter of them, they're really disorganized. So you're like, well, they won't get it. And then another quarter of gobshites. So you're like, well, they're not going to get it. And then another quarter of the stickheads. And you're like, no, I want to work with you. So actually you get like a quarter of decent people. Well, if you put that over a population, it's probably the same thing. So actually I would just think your chances aren't that bad. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Daisy. Also, I loved the word gob. Gobshite. Gobshite. Yeah. Gobshite. It's a great Gobshite. word. It's Do you know word. what that word is, Molly? No. It's kind of like Kaylee. Just imagine Kaylee. <laughs> The headbeat? No. It oh means... my goodness! I, that shocked me. I was like, "Oh, was she? Was she going to describe it?" I was genuinely me. so hurt that you didn't like my add-on to your tip that I was like, "I'm going to call her a gobshite. I'm going to call her a gobshite. She's a gobshite." What is a gobshite? It's someone who's like just full of me? mouth. You know, somebody's always got like a reply or like, "Oh, it's like you." Ah! <laughs> totally kidding. Totally. I love this moment in time when the clock I'm totally stopped. Daisy you know I love you and you know I love every little comment you make because you're a hilarious woman oh my god she's literally shooting daggers to me oh yeah lots of daggers yeah oh it's happening and now she's gonna sing her I would song. like to inform you both <laughs> that I have removed my song from this episode no no, nope. I'm sorry. There is no longer a song. You did this to yourselves. Kaylee didn't appreciate my tips. You call me a gobshite. There is no song. I give myself a negative point. I want you to know that I would have sung a song from Hamilton. That was my plan. <gasps> no. I know. And you musical theater types. Hamilton. <laughs> isn't it like, isn't it Eliza? <laughs> no. Da da da, Eliza. That's the one I can remember. And Peggy. And Peggy. <laughs> also, there is no Hamilton song in Hamilton. Alexander There's Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that's Alexander Hamilton is the name of the song. All right, you. Peasant. Sorry, but why would you even sing that in this unemployment episode? I don't you understand. You will never know now. Ugh. Okay, let's get to point. I'm calling bullshit. I'm gonna give myself <laughs> a negative point for making Daisy feel bad. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give, I'm going to give Daisy uh well first of all okay I'm going to give two points to Kaylee for be inclusive to neurodiversity if you are hiring people because I think this is really important you're missing out on really smart and creative people and here's a list of famous dyslexics see I can't even speak dyslexics I can't speak Tom Cruise, Leonardo da Vinci, Walt Disney, Jim Carrey. Tom Cruise. Don't even. <laughs> I'm just giving you the list. Albert Einstein, Richard yeah. Branson, Orlando Bloom, Maggie Aderin Pocock, astronomer. Oh, an astronomer. She's an astronomer cool. and space scientist, co-producer of the long-running TV program, The Sky at Night. I Googled that. Amazing. Molly, can I tell you a funny story about this? When I did yeah. work in Birmingham at a disability resource center, 
they used to have a quiz that I requested was taken out of the learning where they used to put up photos of celebrities and ask the group to guess their disability. Oh it was honestly God. the least appropriate thing I have ever seen. So cue things like Kylie Minogue's picture was up there and it was a trick question because she had cancer for a time. You'd be protected no. under the... That's, such, that's like a bad taste party no but they were trying to like make the point so they were sincerely trying to make the point that if you oh, if no. you have cancer you're protected under the equality act that was the point of her being included uh. but the reason it was so inappropriate was that because they were just putting up pictures of celebrities and people like in the class were just guessing what their disability was it left it open to people going like um I don't know was she depressed and you'd be like no she's not depressed. I just think she's a bit mopey. Are you sure it's not depression? Yes, I'm sure it's not depression. Like it was the most inappropriate thing, but it, it was the first time I saw it kind of funny, just in how awful it was. Awful, awful, awful. Okay, thank you. So two points to Kaylee. I'm also gonna give Daisy a point for all that extra information. Thank you, Millie. When looking for a job, I thought that was some good info. I'll admit it wasn't funny info. It just would be helpful. It oh, would really, be helpful. Really helpful. And the story you just told was actually quite funny. Inappropriate, but hilarious. Thank you. What I aim for. You're welcome. And now we go to round two and we start with Daisy. What is your second top tip for surviving unemployment? Okay, well, this top tip is to avoid procrastination because I mm. think that people, we could be too emotive. We don't like to be rejected. So we could be very emotional. And because of that, we don't play the numbers. Because actually, if you think of applying for jobs, it's free to apply. So like if you were going to play the lottery, you'd want as many tickets as possible. So just apply for as many jobs as possible. So what I do when I'm not feeling inspired and I'm procrastinating is I either watch something on YouTube called 40 Inspirational Speeches in Two Minutes, which just gets me really going. It's just clips of like Rocky or Any Given Sunday. And it's just... I've seen those. Yeah. yeah you know, it's like, I'm going to send it to you because it's so funny, but it's literally just like American films, like a mega mix. Or I listen to the soundtrack Hamilton, which really makes me laugh because we have nothing in common, but I like to think that we do. And I like to think that I am. <laughs> um, I love, just... this is my favorite <laughs> moment ever. I am learning that Daisy is a ham head. I just made that up. I, I like, I like to think that me and Alexander Hamilton, whenever I have strife and trouble, that we're similar people. So I can listen to it and get in the mood and be like, yeah, I'm just going to get a job. Now. Write your way out. I love it. Yes. But like, so you will remember, here comes the singing. <gasps> You'll remember from Alexander Hamilton from yes. the song. They yes. go, when he was 10, his father split full of it, debt ridden two years. See Alex and his mother bedridden, half dead, sitting in their own sick, the scent thick. And Alex got better, but his mother went quick. 
And then they go, moved in with a cousin, the cousin committed suicide, left him with nothing but ruined pride, something new inside a voice said, Alex, you gotta, you gotta fit for yourself. yourself. He started retreating and reading every book that's on the shelf. There would have been nothing left to do for someone left. So Judy would have been dead or destitute without a cent of restitution. Started working, clerking for his late mother's landlord, trading sugar cane and rum and all the things he can't afford. No, 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 no. Right. So then it goes on and on and on. But oh I'm just going to stop right now. You're getting Ooh. two points just for that. Yes, so sorry. Money. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and easy. Like, Lisa Hamilton, you're going to get points. Okay. Go on, Daisy. Don't sorry. I just gave two not. points. I am getting points. Um, I, yeah, I love it. And I listen to it. And then I get all pumped up, like, yeah, I'm going to read every book that's on the shelf. And then I think, <laughs> We have nothing in common. When you <laughs> listen to the lyrics, it's like moved in with a cousin, the cousin committed suicide, never happened to me. <laughs> he died in a bed with his mother when like they were both half dead and sick. And then he had nothing. He was probably destitute. I there is no song for a middle class woman living back with her parents. Like there's <laughs> no there's no song really that is for my struggle of you've got plenty of food and you don't really need to worry about anything, <laughs> but you would quite like a job. Keep applying. Do you know what I mean? It's just not as good. Oh, okay. I love it. Thank you, Daisy. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I feel like yeah. Daisy. <laughs> could have sang that better and she was trying to make herself sound shit because I was genuinely do you know what's so mean about that I was genuinely trying I was no, genuinely honestly, trying I really believe I could hear at times it was so and I've heard you sing and I feel like you held back from like full on owning that because of me is that what you're trying to say Kayla? No, did I bring no, her down no, no I actually you, really enjoyed you. for the benefit of the viewers that Molly was literally losing her shit she took her jumper yeah. off she's got this actually. little white beater on she's going mental <laughs> and I have actually never seen you that excited in this podcast it was insane <laughs> I, I haven't ever been this excited, that excited in this podcast I think all the energy got zapped out of me just watching it it was really good but I just feel like I just feel like Daisy's got a great voice. And at times you'll hear it back when you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Can I just say though, I have also got headphones on so I couldn't even hear it. And I genuinely thought I was doing a good job. Like I genuinely, hand on heart, thought that was pretty good. I am so, (laughs) Kaylee is really getting to me today. I am... Wow. Okay. Um, and with that, uh, Kaylee, what is your second top tip for surviving unemployment? Okay. So my second top tip is be yourself. You are interviewing too. It's really easy to feel like you need to impress the interviewers because obviously you want the job. That's why you're going for it. But sometimes this is to the detriment of your own self and like compromising your personality. So you might pretend to be someone you're not just to get the job, but the job doesn't actually in the end satisfy you. So confidence and strength of character are really important. And it means that you are yourself. And if you don't get the job, it's not because you're a low life. (laughs) A gobshite. (laughs) (laughs) No use, shithead. I wish I had never taught you guys that word. It's because (laughs) you and the company 
and the job post were not the right fit. So this might be a bit out there, but I okay. actually recently watched Rebecca on Netflix. Have you seen that? How is it? Okay, so I'll get into <laughs> it. So um, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hurry. Yeah. It's not good. It's it's actually really shit. And there's a lot of good actors in it, but um, not. Did you did you read the book? No, but the did book, you watch the original? I read a bit of the book, and yeah. the original's Alfred Hitchcock. So probably right. just watch that one. Yeah. But I so I watched the Rebecca on Netflix recently, and at the beginning, Lily James's character is really attractive. Uh, she's super confident and she's just great. But then in the middle of the film, suddenly she just becomes a bit ugly and she loses all her confidence and she's trying to be someone she's not. She's trying to be this Rebecca. She's compromising herself. And then at the end of the film, she's spoiler. beautiful again. And it's oh. like, yeah, not a spoiler. <laughs> but she's beautiful again. She's confident. She is herself in like confident in her skin. So I wanted to use that as a analogy for yeah. how important it is to be confident because it's this sort of attractiveness. It's not, I'm not talking about like a base level of beauty. It's just this inner shine that you have when you're being yourself yeah and if you're trying to be someone you're not you're it's just not as attractive and as the world operates in the hippy dippy world on like this sort of unspoken intuition auras and all of that stuff you know going for a job like you want to be yourself you want them yeah. to be attracted to your aura because you are right for that role and you are being yourself so I used to shape shift myself during interviews mm. and it was pretty exhausting to be honest trying to be what I thought my employer wanted when I I can see the person spec, but like, I just, you know, you just sort of yeah. assuming what you think they want. And I just don't think it's feasible. And having confidence and seeing yourself as a worthy being who has limits and boundaries is important because you are interviewing them too. Like you're in the interview, you are allowed to ask questions at the end. And it's important to ask questions and not just swallow them and think, fuck, I should have asked that. Or no, yeah. I didn't ask that because then they'll think I'm too bossy or pushy yeah. or too much. And it's like, no, you're never too much. You're allowed to ask questions. Questioning is important. And I think like all of these things can be addressed as early as the interviewer stage. So I looked at an article. This woman, Holly, Holly Tucker, is the founder of e-commerce firm, uh, not on the high street. And she says, you know, when she's recruiting people, she's looking for one thing. Guess what it is? Authenticity. No. No. Truth. Creativity, she says. Oh. I think she's a liar because <laughs> like, how do we showcase our creativity via a CV? Well, she said, yeah. do like, do a video CV, do an animated CV, do all of this. Mm. But I just haven't come across any jobs that would be open to that. But it's kind of, kind of weird that she put it out there where I could do a collage CV, I suppose. I'm going to do one actually and let's see how that goes. I'll let you know on the next podcast. Yeah. I'll do a collage CV. I doubt it will go anywhere because I have been writing poetry and putting them at the end of some of my CVs. I went for a trainee news writer job and I put a political poem at the end and I've heard nothing from them. So I don't know if creativity is what people are looking for, but apparently according to Holly Tucker, it is. I think the other great things about doing your CV when you're getting ready for the interview, you learn a bit about yourself because you're reminded of all the past jobs that you had, like the wackiest jobs. You're just, you might not put them on your CV or you might. It's just, you're, you know, you're always kind of cutting and cropping what jobs you're going to put on your CV mm. based on what job you're applying for. Um, I think mm. my, I'd love to hear yours, but my wackiest job I've ever had was I was a professional penguin where I dressed up as a huge <laughs> penguin and promoted a <laughs> penguin sanctuary and on one occasion had to go to the talk united football ground and be dressed as this massive because <laughs> i had i had four costumes a puffin emperor penguin normal penguin or average penguin and um a seal and i would dress as the puffin and then the seagull mascot had to chase me around the football pitch <laughs> i don't think i have i don't think i have one oh 
I mean, like I've had like crazy acting jobs, just like roles I've, I've done, but I don't know if we count those, but now I haven't done anything crazy like that. I've worked in fast food. I've worked at a Starbucks in a Barnes and Noble, which, well, it used to be a bookstore chain in the US. I've had, I've been to Barnes and Noble. It's lovely. Okay. It's not wacky. I know. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't done anything wacky. I feel like I've had wacky acting jobs. I feel like I've deprived myself. Now I'm being introspective. Don't feel Daisy? deprived. But I think if you've had a wacky acting job, it's still a job. Yeah. yeah. I once played Vladimir Putin and uh, Donald Trump Jr., in a play once. Amazing. Uh, That's pretty wild. I got a, a good review from it too. Yeah. Thank you. I can do it. Guys, when you hear my uh, Russian accent, my yes. Vladimir Putin, uh, you Americans, you think, uh, hold on. Mm, you Americans, you think we actually care about what you do over there, but I don't know what that just came out of my mouth, but that is, that is my Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee, you ready to rip it apart? <laughs> Kill some dreams to Molly, Kaylee. No, I don't kill my dreams. Don't kill my impression was offensive. (laughs) I do not think so. Molly, you do a great job of Russian. You really are a great Russian woman. We should do the rest of episodes. My top tip was all about being yourself, girls. So just be yourself. I am being myself. I am a Russian woman now. (laughs) Daisy Jan, what's your wackiest job you've ever had? Oh, I well, it wasn't wacky. It was depressing. I used to work for Bowwater Staybright, which is Staybright Windows, and I quit because one afternoon they made us stand for a four-hour shift, and I had heels on. And then we were having a break, and then there was another four hours, and I was like, "Fuck this noise! I don't want to do it anymore." So I left, and uh, I was like maybe seventeen at the time. So I went into the boss's office. He was like a twelve-year-old called Daniel. He was such a dick. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I'm really sorry. I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to stand my feet. Uh, I'm, I'm off. So, because uh, apparently I wasn't being enthusiastic enough. Anyway, yeah. so I, I left and I quit. And my friend also worked there. And she told me the next day that he came back into the room and told the others that I was fired just so <gasps> they would work harder. So he was like... Well, uh, I've already had to get rid of, you know, some Deadwood today. Already had to get rid of one No person. way. They called you Deadwood. What a dick. Yeah. Where are already... they? I'm going to knock on their window. <laughs> yeah. But it was awful. I honestly, I hated that job because you were just phoning people. And I remember my granny Scotland being the best at spotting the, like, lack of logic in, like, calling people to sell them windows because she was like so you're ringing folk to ask about their windows but would they not just be sat in a house with windows <laughs> <laughs> and i was like grandless bulletproof you're so right as if someone's gonna go oh yeah please <laughs> but daisy i'm wondering about what your granny russia said oh she did not want to comment <laughs> <laughs> I want, I just, this wasn't a wacky, but this is just a terrible people to work with and form. I, I went for this serving job one time for this like bar restaurant that was opening up in Denver where I used to live. And my friend recommended me and uh, went in for the interview. And then they said, okay, great. Like this is really going well. Um, Yeah. We're just going to need you to follow up with the headshot. Uh, and I was like, why and oh we just like you know put a name with the face and we send everybody's headshot to our our boss and you know just so we could put a name with the face but they had everybody send headshots or take 
photos of them. And I found out later it was because people had to be like pretty enough to work there. <gasps> and if they weren't, I did not send my headshot because I thought they were disgusting. Well done. Well done. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Like, you yeah, would you. have welcome. been pretty enough, I think, just so you know. I would have or pretty. would not have. No, you would have because you're very pretty. <laughs> Imagine She's if like, I saying you, you would have. <laughs> That would have been the meanest thing. That would have been too far. That would have been a June to go, oh, Molly, you wouldn't have been pretty enough anyway. <laughs> you didn't lose anything. No, you would have been. But I'm I'm glad that you took a stand because I yeah. actually, I once asked about a job flyering when I was at university for a nightclub. And the girl that was doing the promoting said directly to me, like, oh, well, you have to send a photo and basically our boss picks, like, the prettiest women. So I literally was like, well, I best not bother then. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I'm out. <laughs> Stage one. Yeah, so that's crazy. Ugh, ugh, people are terrible. Okay. Oh, and that is end of round two. So on this one, I'm going to give – I really like Daisy's Avoid pro pro Procrastination – Though um, I also think like my Hamilton was, impression, or did I already well, get? Well, obviously, I already gave you two points oh, for okay. that. Yeah, right. yeah, you already got two points for that. But also, I feel like her top tip was kind of like pump yourself up. Yeah. Because you're like listening to Hamilton, you're watching ins inspirational monologues. So it's also like pump yourself mm. up, which I think is really good advice and then to Kaylee's point like you are interviewing these people as much as they're interviewing you and I know that's so easy to say especially when you need a job so bad and you're like I've got bills to pay I don't fucking care I need a job but oh my god I've been in terrible jobs that I hated getting up in the morning for so it is important to remember you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you so be yourself so I'm going to say oh shit I think if I'm unemployed, which means I'm looking, I'm trying to actively look for jobs. I think it's important. I'm giving it to Daisy. Avoid procrastination and pump yourself up because it can be so degrading to have to apply for job after job after job after job and try to like, like make yourself stick out each time. So yeah, that's two points to Daisy. So we go into round three. Daisy at five points for her Hamilton impression. And Kaylee at two. Also, Kaylee, I'd like to say there's a job that I'm going for right now. I'm going to apply to, and they're accepting video applications. Great. So they, they can, yeah. And they also have a thing that says any dis anybody with a disability or neurodiversity automatic um, interview. Is so. does the job involve any kind of ukulele playing no. or poetry? It does say in there though, any ukulele craft. players, please do not apply. Oh man. That's that why I didn't send it to Kaylee. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. I'm destined to be unemployed for the rest of my life. Single, unemployed, um, poet looking for anything, to be honest. Isn't that just every part? That sounded like the saddest Tinder bio ever. <laughs> Daisy, we've moved on from Tinder now. It's all about hinge. Oh yeah, Daisy. All right. Get with it. Uh, I don't know anyone who's on Tinder. Really? I feel like Tinder's just for people who want to hook up now. It's like, did but you guys have to hook up in a global pandemic? Yeah, that's true. I met my husband on Tinder, so I oh, have yeah. a kind of a Tinder fan. Yeah, but how long have you been married for? What What is that supposed to mean, Kaylee? It means Tinder was good. 
Oh, I see. I thought for a minute it was. I genuinely thought that you had got to a level of meanness that you were like, yeah, but how long has it been? It may not last. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know. No, I didn't mean that. In May, we would have been married two years. So Tinder was good. I agree, but it's now it's trash. We've moved. We've moved on. Okay, Okay, round three. (laughs) We've moved on, Kaylee. (laughs) You said it. I no, no. Sorry, (laughs) this is such a confusing, confusing episode. (laughs) That would have been awful. I then we moved on from Tinder. <laughs> I wasn't going yet. Okay, Kaylee, we've moved on. We've so moved on. We moved on. Could you could you just catch us up in this episode, Kaylee? Because we moved on from your point. Okay, no, 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 no. No, that wasn't what I was doing. That would have been a terrible. Okay, thing. all right. With that round three. Yeah, Kaylee, when you're ready, what is your final top tip for surviving unemployment? I don't even know what my final top tip is. If I'm honest with you, it's a collage of information. But I Great. guess the main bit of it is don't project your issues onto other people and ask yourself how much money do you really need Mm. I think sometimes society makes us think we need more than we really do and I read Mm. an article on Vice magazine and it was originally posted in the French Vice magazine which said it was about um, being happily unemployed in France and how France's unemployment scheme is so good that people are quitting their jobs to be part of it which is an interesting idea but the article actually explores a bit more on how like these quote-unquote lazy lazy people Mm -hmm. um, who live on benefits are like the nature of their living being a bit more fulfilled than it was before when they were having high flying jobs. And so one one person said, I'm not living on much and maybe I'll have to get back to a certain form of work one day, but I have no definite plans about that yet. All I know is that I'm feeling more alive, living with less than I used to when I earned a lot. And I think a lot of people, that will resonate with a lot of people because sometimes these really high paid jobs, which you sometimes yeah. need, especially to live in London, like, you know, you've got a lot of outgoings, but how much are you spiritually fulfilled in that yeah so yeah this guy vincent at 37 said i've become an anti-capitalist to me there is no option but to actively fight this system he now divides his time between working in a self-sufficient eco-village and activism i set up permaculture projects rebuild the roof of a mansion or build a greenhouse with waste material that kind of thing so he's on benefits but he's also giving back with his time mm-hmm. doing sort of sustainable things yeah. and i do think that in france the unemployment system is really good and France are really proud of it it's not an embarrassing thing whereas in England they make it seem like embarrassing and I'm on um, universal credits at the moment because I obviously lost my work and I feel a bit embarrassed about it and dating going out on dates when we were allowed to during those two months like I I found it I did find it really difficult be like because that's the question people ask you what do you do and it's like um I write and like, oh, what have you written? And like, nothing you've read. Oh, like, and then just asking loads of questions. You're like, oh, fuck. And then you have like four Negronis and then you're like, I'm on universal credits. And they're like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. Like, it's a pandemic. Like, whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. you didn't even care. I don't know why yeah. I projected my issues onto you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that um, it's my issue. I wish that I did have a job. I don't. And hopefully one day I will. <laughs> <laughs> we all will (laughs) yeah yeah no I think that's so oh that's so true because to one to one point it is a global pandemic and so many people are out of work right now or or underemployed you know what I mean so don't feel ashamed if you are unemployed or underemployed and I think also like 
how much do you really need? I used to, at one time I had a very high paying salary. Uh, God, I don't even want to tell you how much I made a year, but it was a lot. And I, I hated it. Like I hated getting up every morning. I hated going to work. It was nice because I paid off like my car. I paid off some credit card debt. I paid off a lot of things and I got to save up money, but I hated that job. And I was so much more happier when I was making less money and I was struggling, but I was, you know, at least hopeful for my future. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas in that job, I was like, I just want to cry. Yeah. Daisy thoughts. Well, my tip is kind of similar. So Okay. So let's go for it. What's your top tip? Basically mine is to embrace fun employment, fun unemployment, fun. I don't even know how to say it. Fun employment. I think Um, they call it the fun employed, don't they? Fun employed. I love it. Because I definitely agree with Kaylee in that I've always felt, and even when I was employed, because I worked in the third sector, I often made less money than my friends because I worked for charities. And I do think that in our society, you do feel sometimes that your worth is the monetary value associated Mm -hmm. with you. Do you know what I mean? So like you're worth less if you have a job that say, I don't know, a fundraising manager instead of a corporate lawyer, because even though you might make enough money for you, I do think that we've become really quite status focused and we like to, you know, it's not just about having money. It's about like showing you have money. And like Kaylee said, like answering that question was something that you feel is impressive But actually, I think the problem with that is that like, so we're at at the moment, this is the highest unemployment in like the past three years, where it's set to only get worse, like it's, it's really quite bad. And that is nothing to do with an individual that is just maths. Again, if there are, you know, more people than jobs, then that's what will happen. And I think it's, you really have to protect your own sense of self-worth. And I think that I have quite a Scottish soul in that sometimes I think, I feel almost like if I'm not employed, that there should be some element of like not enjoying yourself because you're not, you know, if you're not working, you don't deserve to be happy. <laughs> I mean, that is like yeah. growing up with a Scottish mum. It's like, no, you haven't earned the fun yet. We don't get yeah. to have fun until we earn it. And I think actually when you're in a like global recession, you just have to kind of sack that off and think it'll happen when it happens. But I think like I've always liked volunteering if I have like when I left uni, I was unemployed for a couple of months and I volunteered. I'm about to start volunteering, doing social prescribing because I'm on a temp job, but it ends in December. So I don't know what I'll do come January. And I was like, I don't want to come into January with like nothing. And sometimes I think volunteering in between jobs is quite a good way of just still feeling like you're doing something even though you're not getting paid for it it's just like because I really am that person that I think I'm really busy a lot of the time but my natural state is really lazy so like if I (laughs) like if I didn't have somewhere to be or someone to account for where I was I yeah. would just be that person who's like, oh, I could watch six hours of Netflix. Do you know what I mean? That's important yeah. too. So I think, yeah, for me, this may just be me, but I think having a sort of purpose does mean I don't 
it means I get dressed. You may. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. When I first moved here, because I didn't, I knew no one. I had no job. I volunteered at a cat shelter. And I, I, I still did that for two and a half years every Friday. And then I started volunteering at a theater. So that gave me on Thursdays and Fridays, at least I had somewhere to be. Yeah. You know, but I don't like it when people want you to volunteer, but some people are paid and some people are volunteers. I just think that's bullshit. And like, yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah, I used to work in Oxfam when I lived in Torquay and I was like a vintage fashion window display dresser. And I did all the vintage clothes that were coming in and yeah, I loved it and it was great. And I, um, but I didn't get paid, but then there yeah. was like the manager. I mean, I guess she had to get paid cause she's, but she was on quite a lot of money. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely, cause there are a lot of charities that'll do that, that'll have volunteers, but then other people get paid. I've volunteered at them and I've just like given and given and given and given. And finally I'm like, I need yeah. a paid job. They don't have anything. And have you, do you guys know Goodwill? It's a charity in the U.S. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Here's a fucked up thing about Goodwill. If For those listening in the U.S., if you did not know, the CEO of Goodwill is is a multimillionaire, yet they have, but yet they are registered as a charity and they have volunteers that work there. See, that is wrong. Yeah. I think that's wrong. That's incorrect. Yeah. But British charities, to be fair, can't work like that because we're quite heavily regulated. Like we have a charity commission and it's a not-for-profit. So like our not-for-profits have to be not-for-profits. So you can't, even if the CEO has a big salary, they can't make millions off, you know, Oxfam because that's crazy. Yeah. I also like Daisy's fun employment, especially right now. Mm. We've talked about this like last last season I'm dealing with this is I don't know if it's like I grew up I'm not a Protestant now but I grew up Protestant so I don't know if it's like Protestant guilt or Protestant like work ethic but I feel like I should be working right now and I am working like I'm looking for jobs I'm doing this but I feel like I should be producing something or like working on something and Mm -hmm. like sometimes there's just nothing to do or maybe just enjoy this time that we have to do something you really enjoy like playing yeah. the ukulele or learning to play the ukulele. Do, Molly, don't encourage her. Don't. Are you learning to play the ukulele, way. Molly? I do have one. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's like something I pick up and I put oh down. Oh my god, what do you mean? I no. uh, for drama school, I knew no. it a, like a little bit. No. I, I learned a little bit. I know a little bit. I, I haven't done it in a while. I don't think the dynamic of this podcast will work if you both start this hippy dipping i need you, to you 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 will get one in the post and you will be transformed <laughs> yeah you what imagine like, if, i can make music with my hands but imagine yeah. if by the end of this podcast i go full kaylee i'm like i've got my ukulele i've got my magic gems i'm a vegan now <laughs> <laughs> what ge- i don't have any mag- magic gems you, just, just fyi like something you would have you know I like have shells have, like- i have magic gems <laughs> okay thank you daisy okay so i love both of these i'm gonna give two points to kaylee for thinking about how much do you really need because i think when you're looking at a job you could be looking at two jobs and you'll be tempted by the fact well this one pays like a lot more but i think i really like this one go for the one that you like and then figure out the rest financially. I promise you will be happier, even if it's only part-time, because you'll go with that other job and you will hate life. I read this story once about this, or is on a podcast, about this corporate lawyer in New York, and he 
you know, he made all this money and made lots and lots of money, but he also spent lots of money, like, cause he had to have tailored suits and he had to write, you know, drive the right car and he had to have fancy watches and this and that. Oh no, he was in finance. Sorry. He was in finance. And so he made a lot of money, but he also spent a lot of money. And then he got laid off during the financial crisis. And then he also, then he had to kind of assess his life and really what made him happy and how much money he really needs to make. And he ended up just leaving New York and went to upstate New York and taught history or something, became a teacher. And he's like, I've never been happier because I'm not making as much, but also I don't need as much because I'm not in New York city. I'm in upstate New York and I'm just feeling more fulfilled with my life. So that is, uh, don't project yourself on others and think about how much you really need. Also, I do like Daisy's embrace fun employment as a side note, but that gives us five to four Daisy. So Daisy, you have survived unemployment. I have negative one point for the record. Because I'm <laughs> uh, this how to survive your life. That is Daisy. That is Kaylee. You can find us on Facebook at how to survive your life on Twitter and Instagram at how the number two survive pod, or you can email us if you don't like social media. Cause we get that how to survive your life pod, all one word at gmail.com. We will talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye. by Jazar. <laughs>